Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Darcy Thompson-Fields. And my name is Nathan Anibaba and this is the CEO.Digital show. This is an open-ended exploration of markets, technology, trends, ideas and strategies that will help you better deliver results for your company and your stakeholders. You can learn more and stay up to date at CEO.Digital. Darcy, what did you think of the interview with Jane? Great. Very timely to be speaking to Jane. I think HR is something we really need to focus on at the moment, having just gone into our second lockdown in the UK and having many more lockdowns across the globe. I think it's even more prevalent that we focus on employee experience and employee wellness. Definitely very timely. Yeah. How about for you? I love the conversation around female leadership in the boardroom. We've still got a long way to go. It's still sadly quite lacking, but we're making progress. Very true. But yeah, come on, technology, speed up. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get into the interview? Let's do it. Our guest this week is Jane Christopher, the HR business partner at Citrix. She helps Citrix drive a world-class employee experience to attract and retain talent and drive innovation. As part of the senior leadership team for EMEA, Jane provides strategic HR business partnership to Northern Europe sales and services, EMEA networking and EMEA pre-sales. She also has a passion for diversity, inclusion and belonging initiatives with a focus on future talent and leadership. Activities include STEM campaigns, ICT days, and she has built a long-term partnership with the Prince's Trust. Jane Christopher, welcome to the CEO.Digital show. Thank you, Darcy. Thanks, Nathan. I'm really delighted to be here today. Yeah, we're really excited to, to speak to you, actually. At this time, when everyone is questioning what the future of work looks like, this is a really timely and relevant conversation to have. It really is. I think more relevant than any any time, given we're, we're over a week now in, into lockdown. Definitely. So, so we're recording this, as you say, at the beginning of November, as the UK has just gone into its second lockdown. With more employees working from home and the prospect of more lockdowns in the future, what does a great employee experience look like today in this world of remote working? Okay, well, I think firstly, employee experience is, is important anyway, but I think it's brought to light how employee experience is probably more important than it's ever been since we've gone into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, employee experience for me is, is a combination of the engagement of an employee and how connected they want to be with the business and what effort they're going to give for their success. So whether we're remote or not, it has to come down to the culture the company's developing and building within the business. And I think that can be done remotely. A culture doesn't have to be face-to-face in person. Mm. But I think a, a big thing for me is, is how we move towards the trust element. So employees need to know that the place they work is a choice. And at the moment, we haven't got that choice, but for most of us, it's at home. But it's then given the right tools and applications, secure ways of working and ways to collaborate with that technology. Because this is a big thing for us in employee experience. There isn't that choice at the moment for us to meet in office places for many. And and we still want people to feel connected, to be able to learn from each other and be able to to share ideas and and brainstorm and work together. So I think it's fundamental and employee experience for me is going to be top of mind for most business leaders, if not all, in 2021, alongside the security around that, because that's going to be a big issue as well, because everyone is working mainly from their house, their kitchen, their their office space at home. So um, I hope that answers the question. But for me, it's a combination of the culture, the leadership and the choice of how and what we use to work that's going to be really key. 
So that's really interesting, James. So you said that it's still possible to create a culture in a remote environment. That's probably the question on every leader's lips right now. How do you still create and maintain your culture when everyone is working remotely? And how have Citrix done it? So I think culture um, it really comes down to how we treat each other how we act and, and show up to each other. If, if I look at Citrix, I think it's really aligned with our company values, respect, integrity. Mm. Um, if I give some ideas of how we've done it, in, especially in this remote remote way of working, I think one is is being human and checking in with each other. So from our leadership downwards, we, we've shared personal stories about families, how we've dealt with the pandemic, taking time out, but showing that there's human elements. And we've also really encouraged that when we have calls that are now all virtual, that they can be about work and are not about work. So bringing that personal element, we're encouraging leaders, managers through some of our new trainings in, in managing remotely to ask more personal questions. How are you? How's your family? That we would have done more previously in a corridor or when we just bumped into people. So that's been one element. The, the other side is, being creative in how we work, so mixing up teams virtually, getting people into different projects because being on your own, working not in an office space but at your home office, people have needed a bit more of that creative element in their role and different people to work with. I think another point is recognition. We've worked at that a lot in 2020, not just in terms of financial, maybe the traditional ways, but just recognising, calling people out more when they're not all together. And I think fun's been another element. It's okay to have fun and try and do that as best as yeah. possible through a screen. And um, we've tried to use that through both team events, but also how we've introduced volunteering virtually, um, giving back to communities. We've worked as a Darcy mentioned for the Prince's Trust in the UK, but we've got a Million Makers team. So we're doing fun evenings and different events yeah. and quiz shows, yeah. but wrapping that around, giving back to people that aren't as fortunate as us in Citrix that, are working and, and have a role to go to at the moment. So I think culture, Nathan, has so many different elements, but it has to start with how you treat the people and that trust and that, that reinforcement all the way from top down. Mm. Well, I think it's hard enough, you know, maintaining your existing team remotely. Um, but what's even harder is thinking about adding to that team remotely. So I'd love to talk to you about remote hiring and onboarding. I think in some ways, the virtual environment makes it a bit easier and quicker to screen and interview candidates. Um, but, you know, not everyone performs well across digital environments. And it can be quite hard to gauge certain things, you know, when you're not face to face with a candidate. So what are the best businesses doing to hire and onboard new talent at this time? I think it's a great question. I mean, it's twofold. It's a lot of focus on it because there's a lot more talent on the market as well. So more people are applying. Yeah. So if I go back a bit more, I think we're trying to make sure that we have a diversity spin on this as well. So being fair, we're using right good screening tools to get a diverse group of people that are put forward for positions. Then there's a practical side. So within our, our recruiting process, we're encouraging everyone to use cameras. Um, we're doing much more panel-type interviews with presentation um, frameworks to give people, again, a fair go. So maybe providing the framework of what they need to present on for, for applications and for interviews and getting diverse people on, on the panel. So people from different time of the company, backgrounds, so it's, it's not the same people always interviewing. 
So I think that comes with the interviewing part. And I, it is more difficult, but it's it's about portraying the right brand for the company, but also allowing an open forum where they feel relaxed and that they can ask questions as well. Um, I think with the onboarding, once you've hired, it's the communication piece. So we've been very purposeful in, in probably over-communicating with people right until they join, then have worked really hard, especially at Citrix, on a, a virtual onboarding program, which took a lot of effort. You know, big shift from March to May, there was so much effort and work put into that to make people, going back to the culture question, feel and understand the culture of the company yeah. without being able to be yeah. you know, in person with people. We're making sure people have buddies, they have mentors maybe earlier on in their career so they can broaden the people they speak with, but also really structured onboarding with milestones, feedback sessions. Um, for our sales, we're doing our, our onboarding programs that have been split into three different sections over three months on video. They can have feedback sessions. Again, this will be different for all companies, but I do think it's, it's evolving and looking at innovation and in ways to make people feel connected and part of that company, even if they've never met their colleagues in person and they've never been into the office, because that's been the reality for many businesses in 2020 and maybe will be for the first part of next year. Yeah, it does look set to continue, doesn't it? Um, so, I mean, you mentioned diversity and inclusion there, and 2020 has, you know, really seen a spotlight shine on this in a way that it hasn't for a long time. I think even though progress is being made, it's still not as fast as many would like. How do we build workplaces that are more inclusive and diverse? Again, and we know in the, in the tech industry, there's a lot, lot of work still to be done done in this area. And then it's a journey. That would be where I'd start with. I think if I look at Citrix, if, that, if that's okay with you, we've we've invested, if I look at the Northern Europe area, we've hired a contract for the past year that's been purely looking at diversity and inclusion for us locally. We've got a team like globally and corporate, and that's really helped us move the dial because it's, it's a full-time job to keep these things moving forward as well. Um, alongside that, We've introduced um, employee resource groups looking at all different areas. So that that group, and it's from all different areas and people from sales, from finance, all different groups that are coming together and, and, and taking ownership for activities, maybe external speakers coming in, um, new tools that we're introducing to the business. So that's really helped. Um, and then with everything going on as well, we've, we've been introducing global activities. So we've got... Um, an event that everyone can join globally called Daring Dialogue. And we're getting external speakers to come in to, to open up these, these subjects that have been maybe ignored for a while and get all of our employees, wherever they, what country they're from, background, to share ideas. We also have introduced in 2020 a diversity chat. So this is a club that anyone can join, again, globally, and it shares books, movies, good articles that you know, open people's minds or and different perspectives about how we all have a role. We all have to be allies to help improve diversity inclusion, but also that belonging piece. So that was a big shift for Citric as well. It used to be diversity inclusion, but actually it's belonging as well. You can't just hire diverse people into the business without obviously being inclusive, but also you've got to all belong and, 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 and share similar opinions. So true. 
Really interesting. Let's let's talk a little bit about the um, millennials piece because we know that millennials entering the workforce want different things from their employer these days uh, to those of us that are slightly older. I'm not giving away my age. Uh, Definitely not but, mine. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're looking. They are looking for different things and purpose and meaning that you've alluded to and belonging factor far more prominently in their decision making process. How do we then factor that into the way that we build our our cultures from a uh, our organization from a cultural point of view, and also from on the onboarding piece and the hiring piece? How do we? What does an effective onboarding process and hiring process look like for millennials who, let's face it, have to do a lot of their interviews from their bedrooms and from places where, um, you know, in remote environments where they can't actually see people face to face. I suppose I'll take one step back, if I can, about millennials and what they're looking. And and there was some research I was looking into. And and for millennials, first of all, they have options. Maybe that's going to get a bit more tough with the economy. But they want to choose the employer, first of all, that that sits with their own values. I think that's a big shift for this, this generation. So they want to be working for companies that have really good strategies in sustainability. So what they're doing for the environment. They also want to work for um, companies that um, are giving back, have good ethical policies as well. They, they've got that opportunity. And I think that comes with the innovation, the pace of wanting to learn and keep evolving in their career. I think if you go back to then, then maybe interviewing in at home, not being in the office, the one thing I'd say is they're used to probably the digital, they've been part of the digital transformation a lot earlier so um, I was recently involved in some assessment days for graduate hires, and we asked a bit the question of feedback, how did it go? A lot of them are not are kind of adapting really quickly. They say you do something for 100 days and it becomes your new norm. I'm, I'm getting the feeling that they're, they're, they're pretty good, actually, the millennials, in terms of being able to adapt, you know, self-learning, working on their own, um, presentation skills, talking to cameras. Um, and I think that's a plus side. I think what we need to do with the millennials, though, when we onboard and bring them on, is is going back to like having a buddy, having really good focus, and giving them regular in time feedback and career tracks as well. Uh, as a millennial myself, Jane, I, I wholeheartedly conclude your answer. Um, I also just wanted to talk about the fact that you know previously leaders, especially in more traditional industries like financial services, um, you know have been reluctant to allow their employees to work from home and they now have no choice and need to embrace it. So, you know, how has leadership had to change? Um, you know, because obviously even if we can't keep an eye on our employees, we know they're still working. How do we continue to encourage them? A massive shift for leadership of the future and that this has to happen whether it's at financial services or any industry is leaders need to lead much more with trust and I'm not saying that they didn't fall heartily before but I think traditional management leadership styles to your point we're used to people coming in the office a certain time leaving at a certain time and then they assume they were doing a good job I think this is somewhat a positive shift for leadership it's about empowering our employees having the trust And being a leader and a manager that is there to maybe remove barriers, to help them upskill, to help them do the best of their work. 
And I think that's going to be the biggest shift is leaders needing to trust and build, again, going back to that culture, um, a team that support each other, collaborate, and that are open and transparent. And we need to obviously avoid the kind of big brother. We don't, I personally don't think the leadership is people using technology to track what they're doing. It should be about the outcomes and the, the, the goals that they've been set and how they get to them. They should be able to be flexible and work that around their personal needs, their life, their requirements, but as long as they're working towards the right end goal. Absolutely. I think that totally aligns with, you know, both what you're saying about the culture piece and also, you know, how to engage the millennial workforce as well. Completely. Yep. People need now to to have a mixture of their personal needs and professional needs. And it's not so much you're either at work or you're at home. I think this year has been that big shift. It's like a big experiment that we've been forced to do immediately. Yeah. Um, versus maybe other organisations and sectors will start, I've been dabbling in remote working, different ways, hybrid ways of working. If anything, this pandemic has, has shifted everyone to try this out immediately without any warning absolutely yeah it's you know it's thrown us in but it's also escalated it and I think that's reflected more widely in the escalation of digital transformation because you know every business has been going through it uh, across multiple different functions and aspects of the business um but you know this has been escalated by the need to have the right technological setup for our remote employees um how do we make sure that everyone within the business is included in the digital transformation journey no matter their kind of age skill set access uh, how do we ensure no one gets left behind again i think it it's a responsibility of us all because I think whether we agree with technology, example, like my dad still calls my son's Xbox the machine. <laughs> if we're in work now, I think we have to be open that we all need to be on a digital transformation regardless of what sector or role we're in. I think within a company, it's, it's, it's down to the company as well to make sure they're upskilling all their employees, that they're giving them the right tools to work remotely but they're also taking them on that journey to, to upskill so they know how to use them and how effective they are. If I, if I look at Citrix, we've got the Citrix workspace and how it's designed, it's ease as well. Everything's in one place. It's a single sign-on. It's a secure. And what we're trying to do is, is remove the mundane tasks from people and allow a workspace so everything's there when they need it. Um, and with that, we want it to be like a consumer-like experience i think again for many companies the technology they're going to choose needs to allow allow the complications to be removed what you want your workers to do is not to become it experts but they do need to be digitally upskilled so they they can use the tools effectively to do the work they want to do and enjoy doing that's making a difference to the business so i think it's that that balance and as, as this evolves forward over the years it's going to be we want to use our tools at work the same as kind of our apps on our iPhone, quite easy to use, quick to get into, and then we, we're working on the stuff that we need to do. So, so let's talk about that in a bit more detail because we know that Citrix have several new products that are designed specifically to solve some of the challenges of working from home that we're discussing now. What problems are you solving for your customers right now? I think in a in a nutshell, it's it's the connectivity, so so keeping the employees connected and bound to work. Definitely the application security around that. That's definitely top of mind for me. Coming into twenty twenty was employee experience. I think twenty twenty one is going to be employee experience and security aligned. So so that 
would be mm. two areas. I've already mentioned it as well. I think what we're trying to solve for employees as well is, is the ability to work from anywhere, from any device, securely at any time. So that that links to cost savings for our customers, cost savings in terms of you know office space, in um, the customer satisfaction as well, because they can re- respond, work at any time from anywhere. Um, what I'm really interested, I mean, I'm, I'm not in sales, I'm also HR leader in, in Citrix, is also how we're looking to evolve this workspace as we go into 2021. And one area that we're looking to at the moment within the micro apps is, is well-being. Mm. So how can we maybe incorporate well-being into the work Citrix workspace that you know, maybe does daily check-ins of how you're feeling, could kind of celebrate good news, um, and that's really exciting. And part of that group at the moment is is it's not we're not there yet, but this is something that we're looking at for innovation for 2021. Um, something much needed, I think. Yeah, and and for me, mental health and how we deal with people's overall well being, again, is 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 part of that employee experience. It, it is a concern, and it's been highlighted more than ever than 2020. It can happen to anyone from any background, any level of role. Um, and it's it's been a tough year. You know, people have gone through different different cycles of emotions. And again, being a good leader or employer, we've got to be more open, transparent to, to support these areas. On that, what sort of responsibility do you think a company holds to its employees when it comes to supporting them on their mental and physical health? And you know, how can we go about doing that and ensuring our employees' well-being? I think it's every employer's responsibility in this day and age. It's my first statement. But again, I think it has to start from the top as well. So if I if I think recently our head, head of EMEA, um, he recently did an article both on social media but internally and was really open about it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's such a strong message. Yes, from HR we can send out new resources, new tools, workshops, which really helps as well. We have employee assistance programs, um, you know, open dialogues where people share stories, but there's nothing more powerful than, than you know, a leader telling their own story. Another example was our, our CTO last year, actually, you know, and he's a technology officer. He shared his own story about how he suffered from anxiety for many, many years, and, and that that's still mentioned now over a year later. So I think making it human and, and letting yeah. employees know it's okay to not be okay and that there's we support you through these times is it has to be the future of how people work because I think there's a journey. We used to be aware about being like body fit, exercising, then it was mind fit, but I think it's all of it now. It's it's not just one or the other. There's always gonna have to be a combination of mental health, physical health, professional needs, development. And this is, for me, why I'm so interested in employee experience, because it's all wrapped together. Yeah. You can't just do bits of these. You've got to look at the whole, the whole package. Whole package. Oh, definitely. Oh, and you touched on earlier um, kind of security. And I know security is a huge concern when we have people working remotely. Um, you know, how do you ensure that sensitive information is kept safe when so many of us are working from our kitchen tables or multiple devices um, and also where privacy may not be completely possible? Well, I think firstly for us, it is using our own technology, which has is wrapped with with, with security. So, so that's my first statement on that. But I think more importantly, with so many, there's so much hacking around. You know, both 
in our professional, how we use the device and personally, mm. what we do is we always try to educate our employees because you, you have to be alert. You have to just pick up on maybe the suspicious email and raise it to the right right people. So it's about education. So this year we've um, reinvented all our kind of compliance training and education about you know safe data, how you should respond to suspicious emails, etc. And, and making that a bit more innovative and in, in time and up to date. So I think education has been really important there. And just being open, you know, that we've been sharing stories, again, examples of good practice because we are working mainly from home and, and we have to have top of mind the security. But I do think it's, I feel more secure in the Citrix technology knowing that that's part of our, our solution, that there is extra security around that. Let, let's talk a little bit about culture. Um, in, in large organizations like Citrix, it used to be that culture was defined by the leadership team and, and HR. More and more recently, we're actually seeing employees from the ground up actually taking more and more of a leading role. What's the best approach and what are the pros and cons of each? Wow. I don't think the best approach, I think culture is person by person, regardless of if it's leadership or HR. And it and it's never ending, <laughs> so um, I think you, you have to keep working at it. Um, I think the traditional ways of culture being, you know, an activity or an event is probably now a bit outdated. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep going back to employee experience, but I think culture links really closely with that. It has to be a combination of everything. So. Yes, I could have a really fun day at work. Everyone's been really kind to me. But if I haven't got any job satisfaction and maybe worked on stuff that, you know, is making me feel that I'm developing or doing stuff that's making a difference, you're not going to get the full, the full experience for that employee and the full culture that you want. So you want high-performing teams alongside you know, transparency, the values being installed in everything we do, and a strong leadership that's kind of showcasing that behaviour as well. Definitely. I think on that leadership as well, uh, you know, something we've talked about before is, I mean, across industry, but also technology industry in particular has a long way to go, is, you know, the representation of, you know, women in the workplace and female leadership we are still behind where we should be. Um, you yourself, you know, hold a senior position. What, you know, women that you've worked with uh, and female leaders have been most instrumental and inspirational in your career development? I have been extremely lucky in my career. So um, I've managed the last two area vice presidents. I've business partnered for, for Citrix for Northern Europe, both in females. Um, so a lady called Jacqueline de Rochers and currently Michelle Seneca Dumpenseca. So um, two very influential women in IT and leadership, both, you know, within Citrix in, in, when they were here, but also on boards externally. I think what I've learned from them as well has been, and I encourage all women to work on your own brand, to, to build that confidence, because you do find a lot of women won't go for that next promotion or that next role until they're 100%, 10% ready, where you know, a lot of the counterpart males will go when they... 10% ready. <laughs> yeah, 10%. Exactly. Um, what I've learned from both of them, their leaders, Jackie and Michelle, is you know, put yourself forward, you know, put yourself out of your comfort zone, do stuff that you know, maybe don't know you might not be able to do amazingly to start with, but you've got to keep upskilling yourself, 
putting yourself forward, making your brand known as well, especially in the tech industry. I think to your point, Darcy, that we've still got a lot of work to do to get that balance and, and, and better split. The Citrix, within that, you know, we've seen in the last three years specifically where we've built a bit of a strategy around it that we are start slowly seeing that shift. Um, and some of that comes with how we're supporting external events because it has to start from the younger generation. We spoke a bit earlier about the millennials, but even that school years now, we the issue we're still finding is that the girls especially are not taking like the STEM subjects. Mm. They're not there's not the talent pool maybe needed to make this big shift in, in people in technology. So I think that's why I really enjoy the work we do with the Prince's Trust, with like ICT days, bring our own children to school days. It's the small things that all tech industries can do to get the future generation to choose technology in their career. And that's going to also help in terms of diversity um, in the future as we continue to hire younger people, graduates into the business. Great. Jane, so let's get into our speed round now. These are the questions that we ask everyone that's been on the show. So we'll fire some questions at you. If you can fire some answers back, that'll be great. Um, these questions are really about you, the individual or the person behind the brand. Um, what's the philosophy that you have on the way that you grow your own career and your own career development? For me, it's enjoyment. I have to love and believe in what I do. And I think the relationships and showing I can make the difference and pushing myself, I just mentioned it before, pushing myself to do things and, and push ideas forward that, that maybe aren't comfortable or the easiest option, but they're, they're challenging and may, hopefully will make the difference. So important. And what does the evolution of your role more generally look like? Role as a business partner leader in HR is definitely needs to be business focused you can't just look at it as a, a hr professional you've got to have the business acumen and be a business partner in terms of how you're going to move businesses forward and teams forward and culture forward what is your one guilty or one or several guilty technology <laughs> pledges Oh, I don't know if I should admit this. Maybe is TikTok allowed? I've been caught a few times <laughs> doing TikToks in lockdown with my daughter. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and maybe there's Zoom, lots of Zoom um, <laughs> virtual exercise programs um, during this period. I think you're just trying to redeem yourself with the saintly virtual exercise programs after your uh, TikTok admission, Jane. Definitely <laughs> not as good as 11 year old. <laughs> I, I love TikTok. I'm not knocking you there. I it's think good it's exercise. great. It is. It's great. And yeah, how would your children describe what you do in one line? Um, I talk to my laptop a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so that's what they would say at the moment and, and sh on a call. <laughs> I think that's going to be a pretty universal experience. Across the board. <laughs> yeah, I think so. What kind of leader would you say that you are? Are you more a creative leader, commercial, despotic, empathetic? How would you describe your leadership style? I think I'm an empathetic and creative leader. I definitely can get that vibe just from the <laughs> chat alone. Um, could you share with us one of your greatest leadership successes or experiences? I will actually. I will, top of mind, so my um, senior HR generalist, who I've been 
coaching and, and having career conversations with all year. But the first time ever in, in Citrix has just accepted a, a 12 months secondment into a sales role. So we've never seen someone from HR trial out a sales role before. So I'd say that's a success because I've been really supportive of this, given opportunities um, as, as his manager to shadow, to, to get understanding of sales, um, even though it's probably a bit earlier than I, than I wanted for him to do this because he's going to be deeply missed. He's a really good talent. But yeah, <laughs> HR to, to sales is going to be a big shift. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses with that. So, Jane, you've had a very successful uh, career so far as a, as a business partner for Citrix in HR. What advice would you give to aspiring young people or millennials who want to follow a similar path? I think one within in HR that you've got to look at it from the eyes of the business lens as well. So, yes, there's HR, which comes with process and, and guidelines and, and areas that we need to follow. But I think for up-and-coming HR, it's going to be about them understanding the business and the external factors, not just looking internally as a HR professional. Just one final question that we'd like to ask of you uh, as a key takeaway for our listeners today. What are the top one or two issues that you're working on that are top of mind today? I think one is going back to, to well-being. So we want to make sure... That, that we are innovative and we've got creative ideas to keep supporting our employees because it's, it's, a, it's a tough time and, and that includes avoiding burnout. You know, our industry has meant people have worked and, and not had much time off this year at all. Um, I think the other the other side is is making sure that we we don't lose focus on our talent development, retaining, attracting the right talent, because it is the people that actually make businesses successful. doesn't matter how good they're, they go to market strategy is, you've got to have the right people, retain the right people to make that happen in reality. So, so for us and for myself for next year and, and this year as well, talent is, is still going to be top of mind we kind of went into a bit of survival mode for a few months, but we've got to be realistic that, you know, we need to continue and we need to keep focus. Brilliant. Jane, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's lovely to meet you both. Maybe one day we'll meet. I don't know if you're in London, if that's the world, the world that we're ever getting into again. <laughs> Hopefully. If you enjoyed this conversation, then you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever amazing podcasts are found. Thank you for your time. See you next time on the CEO.digital show.